This episode of the Productivityist Podcast is brought to you by the UCI Division of Continuing Education. The UCI Division of Continuing Education was established in 1962 and has served lifelong learning and career development needs of individuals, organizations, and the community on a local, regional, and global scale ever since. And it can serve you as well. I'm going to share with you a little later during this episode how you can save 15% off of one course, any course that the UCI Division of Continuing Education has to offer. So stay tuned to learn how you can take advantage of this offer. This episode of the Productivityist Podcast is also brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. It's the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Now, I'm going to share more about NetSuite during this episode of the podcast, including a special offer exclusive to listeners of this podcast. But for now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy, and this week, you're in for a treat. Jeffrey Gittimer joins me on the podcast. He is the author of the book, The First Writings of Napoleon Hill, Truthful Living, which was authorized by the Napoleon Hill Foundation. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's written 13 books on sales, attitude, and personal development, so it's a natural that he would dive into the work of Napoleon Hill, who... And I talk about this during the episode. I know of Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, obviously an incredibly popular book, but I haven't spent a lot of time with his work. And by chatting with Jeffrey, I learned that this is a gentleman that I should definitely look into more. But there's a lot that we get into in this very candid conversation, so much so that it's NSFW. There were some things that Jeffrey was saying uh, that I didn't want to bleep out when he was saying them. So if you are a little sensitive to language, you may want to, uh, you know, just be warned. <laughs> this is an NSFW. This, this, this episode has the explicit tag. Uh, we talk about Napoleon Hill's, uh, you know, I thoughts on time. Uh, you know, we talk about, um, yeah, how he approached life and, and what Jeffrey's thoughts are on work-life balance. Lots that we get into here. We we started things off in a way that I've never started off a discussion before. And you're going to hear it as we get into it because Jeffrey started to ask me some questions uh, right when we got on, on the call. And then we went right, he went right into things. So he started talking about this piece that he wrote about with related to mindset, which I'll link to in the show notes. It'll be linked in the show notes. But uh, we're just going to start from there because normally I would say, you know, welcome to the show, Jeffrey, tell us what, but we just went right into it. So you're going to get that right out of the gate and let's just get going because there's a lot to cover. And uh, I had a blast chatting with Jeffrey. So let's get into it. Here is my conversation, you know, in progress with Jeffrey Gittimer here on the Productivity podcast. I wrote a piece on mindset. Okay. And the reason I wrote it is because Everyone tells you to take action, but nobody tells you where it came from. Right. When Jim Rohn said, philosophy drives attitude, attitude drives actions, actions drive results, results drive lifestyles. If you don't like your lifestyle, you got to go back and look at your results. If you don't like your results, you got to go back and look at your actions. If you don't like your actions, you got to go back and look at your attitude. And if you don't like your attitude, you have to look at your philosophy. Right. But salespeople start in the middle. They start mm. with action. Yep. And if you have a no philosophy and a shit attitude, you're going to take lousy actions. Yep. No, that makes, okay. that makes it's sense. It's the same with mindset. Mm -hmm. If you're only focused on 
the action that the mindset is going to take you on, like you have to focus in on this or focus in on that, that's bogus. I have to have the right mindfulness before I can ever have the right mindset. So I'm going to give you an example of that. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in my chair right now. I have a $10 million chair in my office. It's the chair that I write in. And surrounded by me is nobody. I have zero distractions. I actually keep my phone in my, in my back pocket so I can feel a text, but I don't want to look at the text yet. Yep. Sometimes it'll flash across my computer screen because I'm on my laptop at the moment. And I'm at peace, and I, my attitude's great, and I'm ready to focus on the great Mike Vardy. But my mindset is is to answer your question. And the only way that I'm able to answer those questions is if I'm mindful about my surroundings and I'm mindful about my attitude and my readiness, my openness. So I have no preconceived notion about what we're going to do, but I have my wealth of knowledge that I'm open to communicate with because I'm not angry. Angry people lose their creativity. Right. But let me go back. I just finished a book called Truthful Living. It's the first writings of Napoleon Hill dating back to 100 years ago. He refers to it as concentration. Concentration led to focus, and focus has led to mindset. But the history of it is you start by concentrating on what's important to you, you focus on your attitude, you focus on, on your belief system, and you concentrate on those elements that are going to help you get to that next plateau, mindset-wise. But the, the key to concentration first is to be mindful, mindful of where you are in your surroundings, because if you're in a hostile environment, there's no way you're going to be able to concentrate. There's no way you're going to be able to focus on anything. If you're full of distractions, there's no way you're going to be able to focus. If your kid's tugging on your sleeve or your texts are going off or you got a meeting or you got a conference call, or you got five interruptions in, in every 10 minutes, you're screwed. So I'm, I'm looking at this as, from my personal productivity standpoint. I block stuff out and I block time off for me. That's how I write and that's how I'm able to produce. Most people don't. Most people take all the shit that comes their way and they lose their concentration. They lose their focus. And they, they lose their ability to complete. That makes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's dive in further, shall we? <laughs> that, that was a great way to kick things off. Let's dive in deeper. Um, so you, you talked about the idea of, this is one thing I find that a lot of people do when they talk about mitigating distractions and creating an environment so that they can concentrate and be more productive. Because a lot of people like to, you know, they'll talk about time blocking. They'll talk about, again, creating, uh, I talk about this too, triggers so that you, and avatars that kind of give you this idea, oh, I should be doing this because I've got this mantra in front of me or I've got this quote that I that I see on my desktop every single day. Do you think people mm -hmm. can, can, do you think people can get caught up? You talked about the action idea, like people start, salespeople start in the middle. Do you think people can confuse the creation of that environment um uh, they, they can get they can get caught up in that as opposed to the purpose of doing it in the first place and getting through that do you see what i'm yeah. do you know what i'm getting at i know exactly what you're getting at people 
we have gotten into the habit as people of the world through iPhone or iPad or anything online of allowing distractions to occur. You get notified of every kind of, am I allowed to swear or not? Yeah, go ahead. Every kind of fucking bullshit message that comes across your desk and you look at it like it's important. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care what the traffic report is. I don't care what happens on Good Morning America or Today or any of that shit. I, I ignore it because it takes me away from how I can help other people, how I can focus on my own creativity. I'm distracted from that. One little thing will throw you off, throw your mindset off, and now you've got to start all over again or you lose the thought that you had while you were in your stream of conscious. And you can't allow yourself to do that. Your stuff is way too valuable. Your life is way too valuable. So I, I get notified of a couple of things. Number one, I get notified if a customer wants to talk to me. And I get notified if my kids text me. That's it. Do you set up? I don't, do you, do I don't you, need to know that my high school girlfriend from Facebook <laughs> got a little fat. Do you set up, like I've done this, where... And you can, I think this is one way that some people who are real tech savvy can do this stuff, or if they just want to spend a little bit of time doing this. Like I, when I get a text message from my wife, it's a, uh, it's a very distinctive vibration. So that way, no matter what the other vibrations are, I ignore it until, but if I feel that, that Imperial March vibration, which is right. what I've tapped into my phone, I know it's her. So I can, I know to grab it. Do you set up things like that as well? Or is it just, you don't even have to get to that point for you? I know I have a ringtone from people from my office. You know, I have certain things. Yes, I do it in a way where there's a hierarchy. Right. For sure. And uh, but that doesn't mean, you know, we have grown up to a world where we expect instant response. You're not obligated to respond right away. You know, I'll text somebody. I'll text my my little girls um, once I have a play date and I'll text a mother or father. And I'll get a message back that says, sorry, I'm driving right now. I'll, I'll, I'll get you when I'm not driving. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. It's an autoresponder. It's one of the only autoresponders that I'm okay with. All the rest are bullshit. Yeah, it's because it's the only one. It's, it's set up automatically. Yeah, it's the one that, that you have to turn off. Yeah. Like, seriously? Everyone has access to everything unless you're in the, in the wild jungles of Africa or Brazil. Um, in South America, you have access to everything. Don't tell me you don't have access. I'll have limited access to email. That is fucking bullshit. <laughs> and what it means is I don't really give a shit about you or anything you have to say to me. To me. Yeah, no, no. It, it, so that, that's a, that brings up another interesting thing is that it seems that people put that in place instead of being forthright and saying, you know what, I don't, uh, would it be better to say, again, autoresponders are tricky because some people put like, I only respond to email once per day. Like, oh, my. Yeah. Right. So, like you get that, too. I don't. That's you. I don't care about you. Yeah. I don't care if I. Yeah. But wouldn't it be cool if you had an autoresponder that says, hey, I'm on vacation. I have total access to email and I stand ready to kiss your ass. Just call me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wouldn't that be better than the bullshit people put out there? And I don't want to do business with that person. Right. Who's telling me all their shit. I don't need to know your shit. I don't care about your shit. Don't send me an email, an autoresponding email to tell me what to do. I'm not interested. I delete it without reading it. 
Can we talk a little bit about, I'm looking at the book right now, Truthful Living, the, the yep. first writings of Napoleon Hill. I want to talk about the uh, one of the things that, you know, I dove right into the time aspect of this book, obviously, because it's kind of where my brain goes. Um, I didn't know a lot about Napoleon Hill, to be honest. I, I mean, I knew, you know, I know about Think and Grow Rich and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, he really wasn't known as a success or, or what he would be called a success. You mentioned this in the book, The World Will Call a Success, until he was, you know, about 38, like he was into his 40s. Mm -hmm. What that 20 year span you mentioned like between 18 and 38 he was setting things up the, what what was it what would what was he spending his time on and is there like a correlation to what people do today that that they could obviously they can learn from him in terms of preparing themselves for that that milestone that that could be coming down the road that or even just getting ready to 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 be ready for it today have you read malcolm gladwell the outliers yes yes okay Napoleon Hill was putting in his 10,000 hours, just like Steve Jobs did, just like Bill Gates did, just like anybody who has emerged, just like Elon Musk did, just like Jeff Bezos did, doing bullshit that led up to their experience, that led up to their, to their entrepreneurship or their, or their business mastery. They were ready. When Napoleon Hill was writing his course, which, which I turned into Truthful Living. He wrote that in 1917, 20 years before Think and Grow Rich. And it's the, it was the precursor for it. He was putting in his 10,000 hours to be ready to write. You don't just sit down and write Think and Grow Rich. You, there's things that lead up to it. And this was one of the things that led up to it. And when we found, when it was uncovered, like I... I got a call from the Napoleon Hill Foundation. They wanted me to edit it and annotate it. I'm like, yes, yes. I couldn't wait to do it. And it took me almost three years to finish. So I, I looked at, um, let me read something to you. Sure. From out of the book, okay? Yep. Success, uh, success may be had by those who are willing to pay the price. And most of those who crave a $10,000 a year position which today would be a quarter of a million dollars a year, especially if they're engaged in business, may realize it if they're willing to pay the price. And the price is eternal vigilance in the development of self-confidence, enthusiasm, working with the chief aim, performing more service than you're paid for, and concentration. With these qualities well-developed, you'll be sure to succeed. And let's name these qualities the five-point rule. Now, nothing that I told you is brand new. The power is in combining all of those five things. If, if you, if you um, have enthusiasm, you work with the chief aim, you're self-confident, you perform more service than you're paid for, and the glue being concentration, you're going to win. Plain and simple. And if you only do four out of five, you're not going to win. So Napoleon Hill, a hundred years ago, is giving you the success formula and people don't even get it. They literally don't even get it. Um, it's phenomenal what this guy did a hundred years ago. And this, the book that has been created out of his first writings that I've had the honor of annotating, I didn't change any of his words. All I did was put in definitions for the 21st century.
And at the end of each chapter, I said, here's how to put this into your life. So I'm, I'm looking at this as the answers are already there. You're not exposing yourself to it. And anybody's looking for the shortcut, don't look for the shortcut. Take the long cut. The long cut will get you there a hell of a lot faster than the shortcut. Why do you think people confuse productivity and, and uh, with, with this notion of getting as much done as possible in as short a time as possible? Because I think a lot of people think that. I don't think that's the case. 100%. What what would Hill what do you think and what would Hill what Hill speaks to this I know to us certainly you just talked about it like the long game. What are your thoughts on that? Hill would look at outcome. Not productivity or getting work done. He would say, "Okay, you did this. What's next? Now what? What happened? What's been the response? What was the result? What did the customer say? What did your coworker say?" When, the, when you think the job is done, it probably has just started. Most salespeople have no idea about the long term of selling because they have a quota. And no customer gives one rat's ass about what your quota is. They only care about themselves. Like, I'm not going to buy from you because you got a quota. That's your problem. I'm going to buy from you because I perceive a value. And one of the quotes that I have in, in my new book, The Sales Manifesto, is salespeople are, mo are, are focused on income when they should be focused on outcome. So I'm looking at it from a standpoint of what happens after the sale is completed? What happens after the project is done? What happens after the customer takes ownership? That's the real proof of pudding. That's when the use of the product or the use of the service comes into play. I don't buy a car at a car dealership because I want to make a purchase. I want it because I want to take a drive or drive to work or go on a vacation. <laughs> I want the outcome. Well, how do you keep yourself, and I'll speak to you, and I mean, I, I know there's lessons in here as well, And but in, in today, today, a lot of people are spreading themselves out really thin. They're 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 shooting fireworks everywhere to try to grab onto whatever income or whatever success they can have. And there, there's exactly. how do you keep yourself from doing that? And what advice do you have for people who are who are feeling like I've got too much going on and I need to? Uh, it's it's not working for me. If you have what's known today as a side hustle, which was known in my time as a second job. Mm -hmm. Um, but side hustle sounds so much more romantic. <laughs> it does. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. My side hustle is I drive an Uber. Okay, great. But the bottom line is you may have a side hustle because you want to try to evolve yourself into this new world, whatever it is. You may be an artist or you may be a musician or you may be like designing clothing, whatever it is. But you either have, you have to make a decision. It's either do what you love and do it all the way or keep your job. Can't do both. If you do both, one or both will sacrifice. So I'm looking at it from the perspective of if you have too much to do, stop doing it. Turn off your television. You don't need to watch it at all. And focus those two hours on you. That's where I'm at. When you were putting this book together, Truthful Living, you, was there anything that 
surprised you? I it it I I don't know. I I would be interested to hear if there's anything that you're like, yeah, I kind of expected this versus the oh no, this is interesting. I didn't expect this. Was there anything kind of either three for a loop or was like a, a, a something that you didn't expect as you're put as you're putting things together? Without a doubt, there were a lot of things that absolutely shocked me. But let me let me throw a couple things at you just so we have a clear understanding here. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at the lessons. Look at the table of contents. The thing that shocked me was the simplicity of the challenge. If you look at the first chapter in the book, it's success is up to you. Like, oh. And chapter two is finish what you start. Oh. (laughs) And lesson three is how to think. Oh, there's nothing in any of this table of contents that's brand new, but all of it presents insight to the reader, things that they can do over time that will help them succeed. And that's the the shock to me was, was that and some of the cool stuff like chapter 11 is the law of harmonious attraction. Like, cool. What the hell is that? Because everyone's heard of the law of attraction, but what Hill is saying is find, attract, have people be attracted to you that you have things in common with. Right. Oh, you didn't tell me that part. And he just is so far ahead of his time, it's scary. Literally scary. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. 
It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, we're going to take a break from the conversation now to talk about our sponsor for this episode, the UCI Division of Continuing Education. Now, the UCI Division of Continuing Education was, as I mentioned, established in 1962 and provides learning pathways for those seeking career advancement or personal enrichment through a wide range of educational opportunities, including certificate and specialized studies programs short courses, and strategic partnerships. There are courses and certifications taught by industry practitioners in a wide range of categories. These categories include business and leadership, uh, project management, human resources, and over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs on campus and online designed for the working professional. So whether you are based in Irvine or anywhere near the UCI campus, or whether you are in Canada like yours truly, you can take advantage of what the UCI Division of Continuing Education has to offer. There are 100% online courses that offer convenience and flexibility. I'm big on those things and a real immersive online classroom experience. You can even collaborate with your peers that way. There's open enrollment. And what that means is there's no applications to complete. You can just log in and sign up and you can pay for a single course or enroll in an entire certificate program. You have full control over your academic plan and the UCI Division of Continuing Education can help you gain an edge in your career. In fact, you can advance your career in as little as six months. You can make a career transition. You can simply Get help in becoming more knowledgeable. Uh, the UCI Division of Continuing Education provides you with the flexibility to stay on top of your game in your current role while preparing you to level up. I'm a big proponent of learning, and I'm a big proponent of just advancement and self-development. And the UCI Division of Continuing Education offers that in spades, and they've got an offer for you as a listener of the Productivities Podcast that I want you to take advantage of today. Now, the fall quarter is coming up and registration's open now. So what I want you to do is visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter the promo code timecrafting and you'll get 15% off of one course. So again, that's ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter timecrafting as the promo code and you'll get that 15% discount off of one course. Do this now because the offer is valid only until December 31st, 2019 at 11.59 p.m. I would like to thank the UCI Division of Continuing Education for sponsoring this episode of the Productivities Podcast. Now let's get back to the show. I remember reading, um, and this my, my friend Cal Newport pointed me in the direction of this book, uh, How to Live on 24 Hours a Day by Arnold Bennett, which was written, <laughs> I think, over 100. You've read, you've, you know this book. Mm -hmm. um, that book, when you read it, uh, and actually, it was funny. I was at a conference, and someone said that they they said, "Oh, you got my favorite time management book. It's 
how uh, by a guy named Arnold Ben. I'm like, oh, it's how to live on 24 hours a day. And she was floored that I knew what it was. She goes, what I loved about it is that the things that he talked about are exactly the same as they are today with maybe the environments being different. What, what should, I mean, obviously the writings of Napoleon Hill and, and even Arnold Bennett we just talked about, there, there's so much that hasn't changed in the human condition. Why are we, why do you find that, and I'm speaking generally, that people are constantly searching for new answers to problems that maybe not ne don't necessarily need new answers. You need to look back. We're seeing this with stoicism too, right? People looking back at that. Why do you think people are constantly looking for like the new hotness as opposed to looking back to the, the, the guys, who, like the hundred year old advice that still holds true today? I think, well, first of all, I can answer the question partially. Sure. I have no idea. That's I have a, no yeah. idea. That's <laughs> number one. Because all the information that you need to succeed already exists. And you can go back to the 1850s with Samuel Smiles from, from, uh, from England, where he wrote two books, Self-Help and Character. You can go back to Arson Sweat Martin, who wrote 41 books on the subject of personal development. You can go back to Dale Carnegie, who wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People or How to Stop Worrying and, Stop and Start Living, or Napoleon Hill, who wrote 10 books on the subject of personal development. Why the hell aren't you just starting there? And the answer is because they sound hokey. Mm. But they, they're not hokey. Hokey is valid. You have to, have to read it with a different light shed on it. And I'm not looking for a, a shining light. I'm, I'm going to take the long cut. I'm going to work at it. You know, my statement is you don't get great at sales in a day. You get great at sales day by day. And everyone now is looking for the Vulcan mind melt. So somebody's going to put their hand up against their head and you just learn everything the other guy knows. And it may not be accurate anyway. The old way of selling doesn't work anymore. The five best closes are all bogus bullshit. Find the pain is bogus bullshit. Well, I need to find the pain because of the, Oh, really? Let me tell you, my pain is none of your fucking business. And who the hell are you to ask me about it anyway? The other thing is, people try to qualify customers. That is over. You go into a real estate, I don't know whether you own a home or not, but you go into a real estate office and you say, I, yeah, I'm looking for a house in, in this section of the city. And the real estate agent will say, do you have a house for sale? Uh, do you have a mortgage right now? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, have you ever missed a payment? What the hell are you talking to me about? Why are you asking me these questions? Well, I'm just trying to help you. No, dude, you're trying to qualify me. And my response is, don't qualify anybody. Just like them. Because if you like them, they may like you back. And then you form a friendship relationship, and then they'll buy from you. But do I have a house for sale? None of your business. I'm looking for a house, not an interrogation. Why, and again, this is probably going to be hard for you to answer. I've, I've seen this a lot, too, is people tend to overcomplicate things. I mean, when we look back at these, the, we were just talking about some of the books that have been around forever that you could go back and look. And the titles, you know, character, you know, like things that are just simple. And people tend to go, oh, it's too simple. Uh, there, it, it, there's probably not enough, de enough depth there. Uh, and again, being very general, what, what is, have, have you seen a tendency for people to overcomplicate things either with app, 
you know, technology, you know, uh, yep. with A-B testing, all that stuff when yep. it comes to sales. What What is, uh, first off, what, what do you think led us to that? And maybe we've already kind of gone over that. But secondly, how do people break free of that? Like, how do you recommend pe- people break free of that? Because I think that that's something that, we're headed down that slope and it's hard to, it's going to be hard for people to climb back out of it because everything seems to point towards, hey, don't, like you said, qualify, A-B test, testing, 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 all that stuff. Well, this is what I found to be true. There's a book out called The Complex Sale. There's only, the only complexity in sales is when you're dealing with people that can't decide something without going to ask their daddy. You have meetings, you have proposals, you have committees deciding on bullshit. I want to get to know the CEO. If you know the CEO of any company, he or she will make a decision in about a minute and a half. And I may be extending it. And then the CEO takes you down to IT or takes you down to marketing or takes you down to purchasing and says, hey, um, Today's a different day, you guys. We're going to go with Gittimer. Gittimer, boss. Okay, boss. Done. There's no complexity about what the CEO tells you to do. Is there? Mm-mm. So I meet the CEO. I earn his or her respect. I get them to like and, and buy what, what it is that I'm selling. And they take me down someplace to, to finish up the paperwork. Not have 58 meetings about nothing. Okay, we're going to take a break from the proceedings now to talk about our other sponsor for this episode, NetSuite by Oracle. Now, if you don't know your numbers, then you don't know your business. I mean, data is really incredibly important. Otherwise, you're making assumptions. And that goes with productivity as well. But when we're talking about business, the problem that growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing the numbers is that they've got just a whole bunch of different things going on, a hodgepodge of business systems. They've got one business system for accounting and another for sales and another for inventory and so on. And it's just a really big, inefficient mess. It takes up too much time and too many resources. And ultimately, when you've got too many systems working in your business, then that can hurt the bottom line. NetSuite is the business management software that handles every aspect of your business. It's got an easy to use cloud platform and gives you the visibility and control that you need to grow. With NetSuite by Oracle, you'll save time, which is what we talk about here on the podcast a lot. You'll save money and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting orders and human resources instantly right from your desktop or your phone. And that's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. Now I have experience working with NetSuite. I've had some people that I know that use it and they love it. They love the fact that they've got everything all in one place. It helps them run their business efficiently and effectively. And you know, that that is just so huge for growing businesses. Again, that those inefficiencies can get in the way. And the last thing you want is your software to get in the way of you increasing your bottom line and making your business grow. Now, NetSuite has a very, very special offer for Productivity's podcast listeners. It's offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. And here's how you get it. Go to netsuite.com slash timecrafting. That's netsuite.com slash timecrafting, and you can download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. Thousands of the best known brands and fastest growing companies use NetSuite to manage their business, and now it's available to you. 
So don't forget, go to that URL now and get that free download, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash timecrafting. I'd like to thank NetSuite for sponsoring this episode of the Productivity Podcast. And now let's get back to the show. As we get close to wrapping up here, I want to ask you a little bit about, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the idea of work-life balance. And I say the idea of it because a lot of people say it doesn't exist anymore. I don't like the term balance anyways. I, harmony, we, we mentioned harmonious attraction, the law of, I like harmony much better because I think there is. I, think, I agree. Okay. So do you, what, what lessons in truthful living, because it's not truthful working, <laughs> it's truthful living. I think there's a comedy. What do you, what are, what are some of the things that, that people could take away from this book? And, and even that you've learned along the way, they're like, Hey, listen, apply this at work. You talked about the idea of doing what you love and, 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 uh, you know, there's that element too, but what, what would you say with this idea, concept of work-life balance, work-life harmony, how do people kind of, how can people get into it more? Cause I think that there is a, there's still a disconnect there or they're, they're, they're out of whack when it comes to, they're misaligned. If you don't love what you do, you're going to be complaining about work-life balance. If you love what you do, you're never going to say a damn word. My statement has always been, if you're not working out of balance, your checkbook will be. And I think that there's a definite correlation to hard work and success. It's not... You know, you know the book, The Secret? Yep. Burn it. Start a fire, throw it in the fire, and warm your hands for a minute or two. Because it tells you to, to eat potato chips on your couch and visualize a Cadillac in your, in your driveway, and it'll show up. It's not gonna. There's, I think there's a blank page in the back of the book. Write two words in there. Work hard. That's the secret. So you have a talk with your family and you gain their support about what it is that you're trying to do, and they, they will do it without complaint. But you have, to, you have to have communication with them. Like, here's what I'm doing for the next year. And if I do this for the next year, we will be able to, as a family, go here, here, and here. Okay, great, I'm in. In fact, I'll support the hell out of you, Daddy. And that's what's missing. What's missing is communication and support. But I, I think work-life balance is a bunch of crap. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's – that's one of the things that I've noticed in my – like I'm working from home and it doesn't feel like I work. Like I feel like I love what I do and it never feels like I work. What's, I want to I wrap up by this – is, this has been a very unique interview for a very unique conversation. Uh, one of the things that's been unique about it is uh, your, your unabashed – and and um, uh, kind of frank communication, which is which is great, and I think that that can you before we wrap up discuss the you talked about communication just a second ago, the importance of communication and how and how you've used it to build your your life into the life that you want because I think a lot of people get caught up in being verbose. Hell, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> And being and kind of and kind of just dancing around things and, and being passive aggressive and and not saying what they mean and meaning what they say. I think they, they it right. happens in sales quite a bit. What what have, what are some of the things that you've 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 taken and how did you get there too? Because I think it's not something that just happens overnight. Correct. My parents were smart. That allowed me to be smart genetically. I had the gift of gab in the businesses that I was in but I never understood the science of selling. 
once I studied the science of selling and the science of personal development, I literally became a different slash better person. And I realized that if I communicate with people on a positive level, and I don't always do it because I'm, I'm Philly, I'm New York, we're the most negative people on the planet. I had to learn positivity. It wasn't given to me as a, as a environmentally. Um, so I, I, I learned how to be positive in a negative environment or in a negative world. And then I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where everyone's kind of positive. It's nice. People say, Hey, and I, I embraced that and I've embraced that for the last 30 years, but you have to have the ability to communicate on a positive level with people and make that connection with people, or you're not going to get anywhere in this world. It's, you're going to beat your head up against the wall until you're silly and stop being done with work at 515 and going out and getting a beer. That's total bullshit. So I've learned over the course of my life how to communicate succinctly because when you cold call in New York City, you have 30 seconds. If you can't get your message out in 30 seconds, you're toast. And still people will, you know, seven out of 10 or six out of 10 or eight out of 10 will tell you to get lost. The hell out of here. I don't want any of your shit. Get out of my office. I'm busy. I have no time for you, slam. Well, if somebody slammed the door in my face, I would always knock again and say, did, did you mean no time today? Can I come back another time? Because <laughs> I was going to have fun with cold calling. Most people take it too seriously. But literally, I have always loved what I did. And that is what's given me a competitive advantage that I can't teach. If you love what you do, you win. If you don't love what you do, it's going to be a drudge. You're going to go home. You're going to be at work and look at your watch and go two o'clock. Let's see, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. Wow, there's only three more hours in the day. Dude, there's three more hours left. Rock. And that's the difference between winning and losing. Jeffrey, I want to finish off with one last thing here, uh, and sure. it's in the time section, because uh, you talked about a lot of people when, the, you know, I found, and I've talked to, you know, several people who are not happy with what they do, but they they struggle with, but I have this mortgage, and I have these cars, and all these, quote, things, um, and I, you know, when I used to work for Costco, one of the things people love, and it's a great company to work for, but they would live for vacation. You know, they'd say, okay, well, I get my four weeks, five weeks vacation. And Hill talks about this. You've got the quote in here, you know, the, a vacation reasonable in length, sane and intelligent in its use is the most profitable part of your working year, adding years to life and efficiency to the hardworking days. Uh, the part I love is sane and intelligent in its use. <laughs> I think that, I think that, would you say that if someone was looking to get out of what they're doing now, they, they don't love what they do, um, would, when they are at their next opportunity to take a vacation, would a sane and intelligent use of that vacation time be to figure out how they can get out of what they are doing that they don't love and put themselves in a situation where they can do what they like, figure that stuff out or you know, what purpose would that like if they're going on that vacation uh, and they're doing things they don't enjoy doing, um, what could they do with it to make what they do? Like, could they figure out 
a way to make what they're already doing something that they love. Is is there is that an element that you can do with your when you're on when you're on vacation? Well, a vacation is a time when you're supposed to relax. It usually takes a couple of days until you can calm down. Sometimes it takes me a week. Mm. Um, but I will tell you that a vacation is time to to clarify and justify what it is that you're doing and come up with a game plan so that when you go back, you're ready to roll. The the quote that's the killer quote in in uh, um, in the in truthful living is the mind never rests. Mm. Like even though you're on vacation, you're still thinking about stuff all the time. Capture those thoughts because when you're free and your mind is free, you can think about how you're going to win, not the bullshit that you're in up to your ankles. You're away from that, and allow yourself the luxury of thinking. How can you best succeed with the skills that you have and what do you love to do and start to go towards that? Otherwise, you're doomed to mediocrity and unhappiness. Well, and I think the other thing you mentioned is earlier we talked about communication. If people are afraid to, and I know I've come across this before, tell your family, hey, I'm going to, you know, if you're going on a family vacation, again, communicate that part. Say, hey, listen, I'm going to need a couple days where right. where I where I need to sort this shit out. <laughs> Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Or brainstorm with me. Yeah. Work together on it, right? Flip chart, I, every time I go to a hotel for a long period of time, I ask to send up a flip chart. Yeah, they they, they have them there, I guess, right? Most of oh, them. Yeah. yeah. Of them. Well, you know there's a charge for that. Oh, really? Is it like $5,000 a day? <laughs> No, I said, well, then send one up and make sure I got markers. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It's probably cheaper to have that added than some of the other stuff you can add it to your bill. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's cheaper than room service. Jeffrey, this has been great. Um, the book that I'm looking at, the book you should pick up, it, it, you know, it's out now. The First Writings of Napoleon Hill, Truthful Living. Uh, it, you know, it's just like when I've read, you know, Ryan Holiday stuff on stoicism and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, again, through Cal, I learned about Arnold Bennett's work. I had not read much of Napoleon Hill stuff. I had, I, it was on my list of things to check out, but once, once I dove into this, especially, I mean, again, it, this has been authorized by the Napoleon Hill foundation. So you can't get any, you can't, you can't get any closer to, to it than, than that. That's correct. And, uh, you're at the well. Yeah, you're if, literally you're right there. And if you're looking for a gateway to get into to Napoleon Hill's writing, or you just want to expand upon what you may have already, maybe you've read, you know, some of his past work. This, this, this will this will elevate it for you. So I want to thank you for for uh, for for taking the time today to to speak with me on the show. I really appreciate. It. Where can people where can people, where can people learn more about you and your work so that they can in the show notes if you'll just put uh, gitmer.com mm -hmm. happy guy or maybe a link to one of the Amazon, you know, the, my new book or, or the Napoleon Hill book. I'm more than happy to let people buy my stuff without ever, ever even talking to me. <laughs> well, it let, there's a slew of show notes coming where a lot of stuff we talked about. So that'll definitely be in there. Jeffrey, thanks for joining me today on the Productivity Podcast. Thank you. And that's how the discussion went down. I'd like to thank Jeffrey Gittimer for joining me on the podcast today. If you are interested in keeping up with all the things we discussed, checking out the links, 
learning the key takeaways that I thought existed, all that stuff, go to productivityist.com slash podcast 258. You'll get all of that there. You can even share the episode on social media from there. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can do it from there as well. Now, if you're listening to this on your iPhone or Android device or wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to the podcast using whatever podcast app you're using. It could be a specialty app like Overcast or Castro or TuneIn, or you could be using Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Podcasts or Spotify. Either way, you don't want to miss a single episode that's to come. And you can also go back easily and look through the archives for some of the episodes that I've had containing guests like Jeff Sanders, Eric Fisher, Cal Newport, Michael Hyatt, uh, Austin Kleon. The list goes on and on and on. So I encourage you to become a subscriber to the Productivities Podcast if you're not already. And if you are, please share this podcast with your friends far and wide so we can get more people listening to the show. I'd also like to thank our sponsor for this episode, for joining me, and that would be the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Now, I want you to take advantage of that offer that the UCI Division of Continuing Education is giving to Productivity as Podcast listeners. So again, visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING to get 15% off of any of the courses, one of the courses that the UCI Division of Continuing Education is offering you. Uh, again, that offer is only valid till December 31st, 2019 at 11.59 p.m., so make sure to take advantage of that offer today. I'd like to thank NetSuite by Oracle for sponsoring this episode as well. Head to netsuite.com slash timecrafting to get that free guide that's exclusive to Productivity's podcast listeners like you. I'd like to thank John Polster for producing this episode. I'd like to thank the rest of my team, the small and mighty team, team here for helping me with the show notes and all the other things that go with putting a podcast like this together. And I'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivity is Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. See you later. Hey, before I go, I just wanted to share something really quick. That happened this week, the week that I'm delivering this episode. I signed a book contract. That's right. I'm working on a book that'll be released in the summer of 2020. And if you want to keep up with the progress of the book, you know, showing my work as former guest Austin Cleon had suggested, and you want to get that early access and special announcements, then what I'd like you to do is visit productivityist.com slash book. The link will be in the show notes as well, but I'd love it if you join me on my book writing journey and watch me show my work as I build this book that's coming out in the summer of 2020. So again, check out productivityist.com slash book, enter your email, sign up to get the early access to updates and special announcements surrounding the book that I'm really excited to write. So thanks for joining me today. I'll see you later.